everyone. As Pastor Dennis said, there's a, there's, you might see me moving a little bit slower, but I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it by the grace of God. And if you guys see me acting a little bit different, maybe because I'm not as excited, it may, it may happen that I may become excited. I don't know. So uh, let me just unwind myself or just kind of get it going. All right. So good morning, everyone. We're in our fourth week of Back to the Future. I wanted to get started here um, and just kind of highlight the next two weeks on what is a culture of biblical community, a culture of biblical community. Can I help get a help on the slide, please? B- biblical community. And uh, what we want to do is we've been talking about a culture of prayer. And by the way, thank you again for not only participating last Sunday, which I thought was fantastic, though it was really encouraging to hear God's people pray together corporately. And that's what we're hoping to create here, a house of prayer, not only individually but corporately. And we're going to be moving forward in that. So keep praying. Someone asked me the other night, Pastor, what are you going to be doing? What are we going to be doing? I said, we're going to continue this culture of prayer so um, put your seatbelts on because we're ready to go. And, and we're excited because in January, we're going to do a 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to have another service of prayer. And we're going to encourage our people to be praying together, not just individually, but together. Because that's where unity comes, through the listening of the word of God and praying together. Amen? All right, no, you guys didn't sound confident this morning. Through the prayer and the worship of prayer, worshiping God and the word of God. Amen? Amen. Okay, that's what I want to hear because that's back to the future. Acts 6 7. The word of God and prayer. That's how they moved in the first century. Should we be any different? No. No. We should be in the word of God and praying, getting on our knees and crying out to God because we're broken and we need him. Amen? All right. Okay. I need you guys to help me a little bit this morning because as a culture of biblical community, I'm not going to talk about the principles of it this morning, nor am I going to talk about a plan of it. I'm just going to talk hopefully about one particular element that is foundational. It's an established framework, and it always must be the centerpiece of community in the body of Christ. I'm going to talk about discipleship just for a short minute. Not a long time, just a couple of words here from the scriptures in the book of Acts that highlights it. And we're going to see a couple of words that will hopefully help us see a pattern here. So I want you to just work with me while you'll see this slide. We're going to work through some scripture. I want you to turn to Acts Chapter 13, verses 50 to 52, 50 to 52. It's not going to be on the screen. I want to give you guys a little chance to open up your devices, your Bible apps, or your actual book, the Bible, the actual hard copy of the Bible, whatever it is. It's the special revelation to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God reveals himself to us. He communicates to us. That's theology. So we want to look at it. Now, Paul and Barnabas have been commissioned. They've been sent out by the church of Jerusalem. They have carried through in their first missionary journey. Still in the first missionary journey, in verse 50, it says this. Now, as they were just highlighting and heading towards some cities, some specific cities, uh, they were being antagonized, attacked, personally, even, uh, it was even... Uh, physically, trying to be attacked. They had a 
flee and escape from the Jews. And in verse 50, it says, But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing, and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. Now, you got to understand, they're persecuting them. Why? Because they're proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. That's what gospel means, good news. And they're evangelizing. That's what the Greek word means. They're going out and sharing, proclaiming the gospel. They're not just holding on to it. It's not just a comfortable thing. They're not living in convenience. They're wanting to share it even if it's uncomfortable and it's inconvenient. They're running and they're walking and they're, they're trying to get this word out all around Asia Minor. And here they're being persecuted by the Jews. So the next verse says, and they hid and they were scared and they stopped proclaiming the gospel. Is that what it says? No, no, it doesn't say that. It even says, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went into Iconium. Pretty much what Jesus said, when someone doesn't listen to you, shake the dust off your feet, because obviously there was much dust on the dusty roads, on the dirt roads, and they had to shake him off from their sandals because there was just so much walking going on to say, I'm not culpable. Lord, it's on them. They have to answer to you because I've done my part. So they did. And you would think that these people would leave them alone. And it says, but they were joyful. They were joyful. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were joyful that was uncomfortable. <laughs> they were joyful that it was inconvenient. They were joyful that they were traveling thousands of miles to proclaim the gospel. They were joyful. Because the Holy Spirit was present. It wasn't grieving. They weren't grieving the Holy Spirit. They weren't quenching the Spirit. The Spirit was moving in their lives because they were obedient to God by proclaiming the gospel, sharing the gospel, not living a life of comfort. And what they wanted to see and be done was what they were called to. See, even though they continued to receive opposition from the Jews, they didn't back down. They continue to believe the Lord for the calling of the mission, as I mentioned, the calling and commissioning. So let me ask you a question. What's your calling? Where has God commissioned you? I share that with you because you and I have been called to salvation. We've been called for a purpose. Where has God commissioned us? In your workplace? In your neighborhood? To a family member, disgruntled neighbor, disgruntled family member, someone who's impossible to talk to? Has God told you to love the unlovable, reach the unreachable, forgive the unforgivable? He has. Why? Because you and I have been unlovable, unreachable, and unforgivable, right? God demonstrated his love by this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we have to be reminded that God has commissioned us wherever we go. He has called us to salvation, not to live a comfortable and convenient life. So whatever area we are, that's where God has called us. Look with me now to verses 1 through 6 in chapter 14. Let's keep going. Now that Iconia, they entered, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Okay? But the unbelieving, now let's stop there, but the unbelieving, and let me stop there. The word unbelieving, it's apatheo, which we get the word apathy, apathetic. The Jews were apathetic 
unbelieving. Is it possible sometimes that you and I can become apathetic in our faith? You know what an apathetic Christian is? One who just doesn't do anything, just kind of sits there. Doesn't know their calling, doesn't know the commissioning, doesn't understand, and just sits there and says, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And see, that's where even the Jew in an unbelieving state, disobedience is what happened there. And they were apathetic. And what happened? They said the Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Is it possible when we become apathetic in our walk with Christ, we can transfer that to others unintentionally? Like, we don't, we don't wake up in the morning and go, let me be apathetic for Jesus today. We don't say that. We don't say, oh, I'm going to be apathetic for God. But, but do you, we have to realize that sometimes in our apathy, we can unintentionally transfer that over to someone else because the way in which we live and how we carry ourselves and how we're not praying, or we're not in the word of God, we're not crying out to God, and then we fall into sin, and then we don't realize that we're falling into sin because we become numb, our consciences become numb, and then our hearts become numb toward God because we're tired. And so we're not walking. And these were Jews that were poisoning the minds of Gentiles. But the ministry was for Paul to reach Gentiles. It says the Jews poisoned, caused. You know what the word poison means? To make angry. It says to, to cause someone to think badly about another. That's gossip. That's slander. That's a causing of a slander and gossip when we don't intentionally mean to do that, but we hide it and we mask it with concern and prayer requests. And we do that and we think and we get angry at others and we, and we blame others and we don't even realize we're doing that. And that cre creates this poisoning and disunity and dissension in the body of Christ. And the Jews were doing that. We don't want to join the world. We don't want to be like the world. We want to be what Christ has called us to be, unifying together. So verse 3, it says, So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, and who bore witness to the word of his grace. The, the word witness means martureo, means martyr, willing but God was willing to bring forth his word of grace, and he was witnessing when he was declaring and testifying. See, because what it means that a martyr will testify to whatever, to whatever extent he should be, granting signs and wonders to be done in their hands. So no matter what, all the difficulty, the Jews coming and poisoning them and trying to get them off their, their game, they were still willing to continue, continue forward, to move forward for the kingdom of God. They were continuing to testify of the goodness of God. They, even though it was uncomfortable, even though it was inconvenient, they were willing to move forward. I just want you to see this, that this is what their passion and their attitude and their hearts were. And then it says, it goes on, it says, see, Paul and Barnes remain during the, during the opposite, just speaking boldly for the gospel and witnessing of the grace permitted to them and gave them signs and wonders. See, that's, that's what it comes down to. If we're willing to stand for the Lord and speak boldly in those against in opposition, then those who are in the body, according to his gracious message, he will bear witness of himself and grant us the opportunity to be successful and victorious. So verse 4, it says, but the people were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them, to stone them. They learned of it and they fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country. 
And there they continue to preach the gospel. See, they continue to preach the gospel in the midst of very difficult situations. They didn't give up. They continued with passion. Now, I don't know what it's going to take sometimes for the universal church because it seems like through COVID, we're dwindling rather than taking the opportunity and leverage to share the gospel with people. There's uncertainty, uncertainty of the future. I was looking on yesterday on a social media, and a pastor was arrested in Canada for, keep, for having a service when they shouldn't have had a service. And so they pulled him over, said he was to be arrested. His mom was trying to say goodbye before she can go back to Austria. She couldn't even say goodbye to him. And here he was standing for the gospel, and they put him in jail for that. He came out 45 hours later, but he was willing to stand. I applaud that pastor. I applaud him for standing for the gospel. I applaud him because he obeyed Acts 5.29. He obeyed God. He was willing to stand because they said, you can't preach the gospel anymore. They're trying to shut the churches down in Canada, and they're not allowing them to meet in the buildings. They're not giving them any opportunity to gather. It's coming. We need to be ready. It's coming. But these guys were passionate. And we have to be ready and be passionate for the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, biblical community, what it's all about is never easy. We're called to commune with others who are different from us and find something in common. Unity means finding something in common in our diversity, whatever that means. Not just in racial diversity, in all diversity. How do we find something in common? Grady McMurtry and I, we were hanging out for a couple of days. Two totally different people from two totally different areas of life. But we seemed to find something in common. What was our passion? Jesus. Jesus. Because I wouldn't be stuck with that dude, and that dude wouldn't be stuck with me. I'm going to be straight up with you, but it's the, it's the unity that we're two diverse people. I can come together in unity. People say, what are you doing? Well, I was hanging out with Grady. Oh, Grady's a great guy. Different, but great. So that's what I try to... I, I hung out with my previous ministry and interim with an intellect. He was the chairman of the elders, but I hung out with him, spent extra time with him. And what happened was, after doing that, which was, he's a totally opposite dude of me, he told me, brother, I love you. I don't even say that to my wife. He said, I love you. Do you know why? Because he saw that I was willing to spend quality time with him. I didn't have to spend the extra time with him, and I did. Because I wanted to reach out to him and love him where he was at. You know why he said he loved me? Because not many people gave him time. Not many people hung out with this man, but I was willing to do that. It wasn't just a part of my job. And so I just find myself unbelievably immersed by that idea that biblical community has to be centered around Jesus Christ, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of sin, the peace with God, the assurance of salvation, the hope of Christ's return. This is what keeps us together and moves us from being conformed, not of this world, being conformed to the image of Jesus and to making disciples. This is where biblical community is centered in, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So who are you discipling? (laughs) 
Where are you and I cooperating with God? This is where we need to be in cooperation with God. So let me just share a couple of things that we can do. Guys, I need help. This is not working. All right, number one, I want to tell you, cooperation in God requires a never-give-in mindset, a never-give-in mindset. This is so important. Look with me, Acts chapter 14, 19 through 22. I'm just going to read this out to you guys because this has to do with everything I shared. Because now it says, but the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. They were just putting, he was dead. It was a mob rule. They were attempting to kill him. They thought they killed him. They were attempting. They gathered with one purpose to get rid of him. And if it meant killing him, they were going to do it. They were saying to themselves, let's get rid of the problem, Paul. By doing so, we can get them out of our way and we can do what we want to do and get our way. But they didn't understand that Paul's life was not his own. He was bought with a price. And he will remain as long as God permitted him to remain because he's sovereign, right? So Paul didn't give in. He didn't give in because, listen, this is what it says in verse 20. It says, but when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up. But he rose up. You know what that word rose in the Greek is? Resurrection. Same word. He rose up. God rose him up because he still had the calling. He was still commissioned. He didn't stop. He was almost dead. But he said, I will not stop. They can try to kill me, but I will not stop. He will never give in. That was Paul. Do you think we have to have the same spirit? God's called us in this American Western mindset to have a never give up or give in mentality, to never ever give in to the hostility and the evil around us. Paul had it. He never gave in to the struggle, to the pain, to the trial, or almost dying. He just rose up. And he's like, rise up. And he rose up and he entered the city. And on the next day, he went to Bar- with Barnabas to Derby. He went back. The guy's crazy. <laughs> Why would you go back? You almost, they almost killed you. Would you go back if someone tried to almost kill you for the gospel? Yeah, let's be honest. I think we'd think twice about, no, honey, don't go. Don't go. Come back. Don't go. They're going to kill you. I had that happen to me, but it had nothing to do with the gospel. We were living in Dallas. There was a murder that happened right in our apartment complex. I just came back from my father's funeral, found out there was a sign there. Someone got murdered. Okay. And uh, there was also another person robbing in our apartments. And you're all saying, why did you live there? Because it was cheap and we didn't make much money. And so we were there, and my, I had to go and throw out the garbage. My wife goes, please don't go. Please. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, don't go out there. The guy's out there. I said, give me a bat. I said, give me a bat. Give me my, give me, give me my golf club. I got this. Walked outside. Said, where you at? Where you at? I'm looking for him. But we can't be afraid. Can't allow fear to consume us. God didn't call us to that. And he didn't call Paul to that. That's why verse 21, it says, When they preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. Went right back, hundreds of miles. Strengthening the souls of the disciples. That's where it is. They went back. 
to strengthen the souls, which means to cause someone to become stronger and firmer. Encouraging, it says, which is parakaleo, come alongside of, to encourage them, to build them up to them in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. That's what it takes. Now we come across the second missionary journey. If you can move to the next slide, please. The second missionary journey. Here it goes. Acts chapter 16. What happens? Paul came to Derby again and Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy. And isn't this interesting? That Paul and his willingness to not, not, not to just to continue in his uncomfort and inconvenience, that Timothy was down back there in chapter 14. No one knew until we see the introduction of Timothy. And here's Timothy about to be his protege. Here he is, the disciple who is becoming a disciple of Paul. Here comes the introduction. And it's just a little bio of him, too, because we see that. It's also in 1 Peter uh, and, it, and it, or excuse me, in Timothy, it says, a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Now, in the imperfect in the Greek, which it means not just that he was Greek, but in the Greek in the language, it means that he was passed away already. So he has mom and his grandmother that helped build him up in the faith to become a disciple, as we've seen in other scripture. And here goes that because he was well spoken of. You know what that word well spoken of is? Martureo. Witness, martureo. And we see that again. We see the word martureo and we see the word strengthening. These are two key words in discipleship. And so we understand that never give up. Timothy didn't give up. He saw the example of a man who didn't give up. And he did. Cooperation with God requires number two, a never give up mission. A never give up mission. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Is there verse 1 there? Can you go back to verse 1, please? There is no verse 1 there? Okay. Well, let me, take, let me just take you a minute here and just give you verse 1. I apologize. I thought verse 1 was there. So 2 Timothy, if you can turn with me, it would be important for you guys to see that. It says, you then, my child, be strengthened. Be strengthened. By the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now that is in a passive form. It just simply means, first of all, let me just let me share my child. My child is the word, the Greek word technon, which just means this. It, it gives a demonstration of discipleship. When a disciple someone, when we disciple someone, they become a son or a daughter in the faith. You know, moms, when you have to bear a child for nine months. And then you nurture them through the stages of their lives. You tell them, uh, don't have your, you know, you tell them things and uh, they have their ups and downs, right? Don't they have their ups and downs? Yes. The days are sometimes good and bad, but the commitment is the same, right? No matter how difficult it is, no matter how trying it is, you will never give up. You'll never give up on the mission because you're called to be a parent no matter what. You're always on mission, even when they mistreat you. How about spiritually? Where do you get that strength? 
How do we continue on the mission? Do we understand? See, what Paul was telling Timothy in the imperative is be strengthened. It's a passive form. It's not an active form. And that means be strengthened in the grace. Now, was grace ever anything that we've done to deserve? Is grace deserved or So if grace is undeserved, then the problem is laid out. God has to do the work. It's God's work. We have to submit. See, the strength doesn't come from us. It comes from God. So when we're strengthened in the grace, what it means is that we die to self, we surrender, we obey God no matter what. Because that's the mission. It's not about getting our way. It's not about what we want. It's ultimately what does God want. And if God desires for that, then we do it no matter what. It's not about ultimately what we want in our lives. We're bought with a price. And see, that's discipleship. It's dying to self. And see, you see it even in the last part of verse, or ch- chapter 2, verse 2. It says, and what you have heard from me, Paul's telling Timothy, in the presence of many witnesses, martyreo, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So as Paul is discipling Timothy, Timothy is to disciple others who can disciple others. <laughs> He's got to find that person who are faithful, people who are faithful, who die to self, who are willing to do no matter what, never give up on the mission. A people of God, men and women, but specifically men who will be able to teach others. Because when we die to self, and when we learn to die to self, we grow. We grow in the knowledge of God, both intellectually with informational, factual knowledge, and also intimately with a relationship with him coming together. Knowledge. And we get to teach it to others. How are we able to do that? It's a process. It's not an event. It doesn't happen. Hey, I've got the ability to teach. Now let me teach. It's not how it works. Our hearts have to be surrendered to God. There are many people in the world who can teach much better than any one of us. But are they disciples of Christ? Have they surrendered their lives to Jesus? Are they sold out with a never-give-up mission mindset? See, that's what God's calling us because that's what Paul was calling Timothy to do. Look even in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. If you can move the slide, please. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. He told Timothy that. He's a leader. But we are Christians, and we've been entrusted with the gospel. So I ask the question, what's what's your calling? Who are you commissioned to? Because each one of us are called to that. Each one of us should know our commissioning, our calling out. What's God called us to do? See, if you and I are children of God and we call this place home, the local church, which we believe that God uses the local church to dispense the, the message of the gospel to the community all around us and in between, if we believe that, then what are we doing? Are we just coming on Sundays, sitting down, occasionally putting money in, Are we not using our time and our talents and the money God has already given us, which is all his anyway? See, that's what God has called us to. So God's called us to live with a never give up mission. Never giving in. Number three, 
Cooperation with God requires a never-ending message. Acts 16, 3 and 4, it's really simple. It says, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews. Simply did it for the sake so they can go into the synagogues who were in those places. Now, he wasn't saying that you needed to be circumcised in order to be truly saved. He was just saying that in order to be a witness and to share forth the gospel of Jesus Christ, he needed to do that. So it says all here that it goes on, he says, uh, for they all knew that his father was a Greek, but his mother was a Jew. Verse 4 says, as they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for the observant, for observant of the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. You know what this was talking about? The Jerusalem council. They already settled it up. What was the message? Really clear. Let me share it with you. Chapter 15, 6 through 9, here's the message of the gospel. After they were questioning whether we should have, they should have salvation plus the law and circumcision, this is what was shared at Jerusalem Council. It says, the apostles and elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after they had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness, martyreo, to them. You see the connection? By giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Let me, let me help you out here, Jew and Gentile. Jew and Gentile, that's the gospel. See, you guys are saying, what's the gospel? Jew and Gentile, all peoples. That's what it's saying here. No distinction between peoples, right? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so that means none. That means all peoples. We, that's the gospel. Someone says, Bruno, just preach the gospel. Okay, I'm going to preach the gospel. All peoples. It's all people. That's what it's saying to me. That's what it's saying to you. It's saying to all of us. We got to see that. The distinction is clear. It's a never-ending message of the gospel. It's, it's to be proclaimed, preached, proactively pursued, pur purposely lived out daily, obedient, adored, meditated upon, humbly submitted through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you, hear, are you guys hearing me? That's what it's all about. And I'm bending down like this because I'm having a hard time getting back up. <laughs> Sorry. It's not what God, what we do, but what God is doing in our hearts. That's what he's calling us to. See, true biblical community is settled on this. I mean, it's settled very clearly with a never, never, ever, ever giving up mentality, a never give in mindset, a never give up mission, and a never ending message. That's what true biblical community is, highlighting the fact that we're a diverse people with no distinction for the central part portion of Jesus Christ that unifies us. Amen? I mean, it comes together. We may be different from each other, but that's all right because we come together in the center, Christocentric unity of Christ. That's what draws us together. That's what we have to hold on to. Just this last slide, if you can, just hit it up, guys. All right, true biblical community doesn't require greater strength, 
but, great, but rather greater convictions. Let me share this with you in this next part of the passage. In Acts 16.5, it says this, and this is important because the word strengthened is once again. But this word is different. Now watch this now. If you want to write your notes down here. There's the word strengthening in the disciples, Acts 14.22, Acts 15.32, Acts 15.41, and Acts 18.23. That word strengthening disciples is a discipleship term. If you want to talk about more of the theory and philosophical approach of discipleship, those are key, that's a key common word in the book of Acts. Where the people of God are to strengthen one another. That's in the active voice. But here... This word strengthen in verse 5 of chapter 16 is an imperfect passive because it's ongoing, imperfect, and it's a surrendering of the people of God. Let me tell you what it says here. It means to cause to become firmer in such matters as conviction. See, what we need to have is greater conviction, not greater active strength. Yo, you hear me? So we need to be convicted. So we have to ask God, convict your people to follow you. Convict them of sin, cause them to confess, to repent, to, be, to understand the forgiveness, and to walk in it. That's discipleship. It's convictions that we need to grow greater. And why? Because then that takes away, let me tell you something what it does. Without conviction, we're going to house bitterness, anger, fear, worry, gossip, slander, pride, arrogance, demands. But with conviction, we come with humility, confession of sin, repentance, forgiveness, patience, forbearance, tolerating with one another, loving one another, keeping short accounts. So what do, do the people of God need to be? More convicted. They don't need to grow as much in knowledge more than they need to grow in conviction. Doesn't mean you shouldn't grow in knowledge, but if you grow in, into, in intellect and you're not intimate with God, then it's just a bunch of intellect. You follow me? It's just factual knowledge. But the factual knowledge needs to come to intimacy with God when the power of the Holy Spirit is working in the individual who's surrendering to God on a daily basis with the conviction of sin in their lives. Amen? Amen. All right. So that's what biblical community is centered in, Christocentric, strengthened by convictions, Witnesses bearing witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to. And I want to invite you to do so as we continue down this road here at Grace Church. We want to see that happen for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful today that you have called us to biblical community. You didn't call us to uniformity. You called us to unity. You called us to come in common, not in the likes or dislikes or the likes that we have in this world with sports or money or career, more than you've called us, which is all good. It's fun to talk about those things. But Lord, you've called us to one common central focus of Jesus Christ, the person and work of Jesus centered in unity, because you establish unity, Lord, and we're called to maintain it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I pray that we will grow in greater conviction, more than we can grow in greater knowledge, because if we just grow in greater knowledge with no conviction, it's not that 
effective. But if we grow with conviction with no knowledge, that too is not effective. We need them to come together. So please, Lord, help us when we hear the word of God that we be convicted to surrender to the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and walk with you in obedience. So Lord, today I pray that you would help us in this church through life groups, through discipleship, that our common bond would not be what we do outside in the world, but what we are in Christ in the local church. Challenge us today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right.